Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by All the Best Pet Care, all the best food, treats, and toys for your dog and cat. You can find them online at allthebestpetcare.com. See where all of their 10 stores are around Western Washington, and be sure to check out their newest store on Holman Road in the Greenwood area. The Dog Show is also brought to you in part by Jet City Animal Clinic. Jet City Animal Clinic and Dr. Erica Anderson are located on 12th Avenue in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood, right across from Seattle U. And uh, I have just been blown away by the, um, I'm not surprised, but um, the feedback that I'm getting from my clients and friends who I have sent, uh, who have taken their dogs and cats to Jet City. And chickens. And chickens. They do see chickens as well. <laughs> Haven't had any direct feedback about the care for chickens, but I'm sure it's equal to that of dogs and cats. Um, everyone's just been thrilled, and it's so valuable, uh, so valuable to find a vet that you really connect with and who you really trust and who really listens to you. And who is open-minded, JetCityAnimalClinic.com. And Dr. Anderson will actually be in the booth with me at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which, as everybody knows, is this weekend, March 9th and 10th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. The Dog Show is also brought to you in part by Calling All Paws Pet Care, providing all sorts of wonderful services to the greater Seattle area. CallingAllPawsPetCare.com. Uh, had them on the show was that just last, that was last week? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about the Seattle Kennel Club dog show. I'm just like in this uh, other world, I think. Yeah, I just had a great interview with them. And uh, you can listen to that archived on our website, dogradioshow.com, and also on iTunes as a free podcast. And that is true with all of our over 200 episodes. So today's show is uh, fully dedicated to the very exciting event coming up, the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, this Saturday and Sunday, March 9th and 10th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Their website is seattledogshow.org, and you can <clears throat> find out more through their website. They're also on Facebook as well. It's from 8 a.m., until 5 p.m. both days, and at the end of each day, there will be a best-in-show awarded, along with many other exciting things. One of those exciting things that's going on this weekend, one of the many, is uh, a woman who I'm going to be talking with today on the show who I have on the line. Her name is Janine Prindle, and she has a guide dog. Her guide dog's name is Cranberry. Janine is legally blind. Janine, welcome to the dog show. Thank you. Uh, so excited to talk to you today and uh, share your story with our listeners. It's really incredible, and I'm so thrilled. I wanted to thank uh, Randy Green, who's uh, one of the writers or the writer for the Seattle Kennel Club. Um, he does all the articles and book reviews, and he's also uh, in charge of their media contacts. And Randy, uh, I'm so glad that he did, connected me with you. And you just have such an incredible story. You and Cranberry, who's your guide dog, will be competing uh, this weekend at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. And you also have a pretty exciting history of competing with Cranberry. Yeah, she's done really well. So what will you be doing? Um, well, okay, so where to start? <laughs> So much to talk about. First of all, let's talk about what Cranberry does for you as a guide dog. 
Okay, well, being visually impaired, um, I have absolutely no peripheral vision. I do have a little bit of central vision. So she really watches out for my peripheral areas. Mm -hmm. And if I am walking down the sidewalk and there is a little lift in the sidewalk from a tree root or a little broken spot in the sidewalk, she will stop and indicate that to me. Mm. I'll find it with my foot, and then I'll tell her to move on. She also will um, watch for anything that might be above my head. Mm. And if if there was a tree branch or anything like that that I might bump my head on, she'll stop. And quite often, I'll look below me and feel with my foot. Why did she stop? And um, if there's nothing below me, then I'll feel above me to see if there's something above my head. Wow. So, At that alone, I mean, my gosh, we could talk all show about that. It's pretty impressive. It is. How long have you and Cranberry been partnered? We have been together for almost six years. Okay. Cranberry's almost seven and a half years old now. She was about 18 months when I got her. Okay. And where did you get her from, Guide Dogs for the Blind? Yes, she came from the Guide Dogs for the Blind organization. They have uh, two campuses, one in San Rafael, which is their main campus mm-hmm. in California, and then they have a satellite campus out east of Portland in Boring, Oregon. Okay. And so, you know, they they did all of this amazing training with her, and Cranberry is a yellow lab, that's right? That's correct. And um, and then at a at a year and a half, she you, you and her were or she was placed with you, and then you underwent some training with her. Yes, I was uh, housed on the campus at Guidelines for the Blind for a month, mm-hmm. and I got her uh, I think three days after I arrived on campus, and then trained with her for the following four uh, four weeks. Yeah, how was that for you? Well, it was a long time to be away from my family, yeah. but um, I got this great dog, and I used learned how to use her. They treated me very well, and uh, the dog that they gave me is an incredible dog, mm-hmm. and so I'm very pleased with her. We have traveled all over the country, mm. and she does great. No matter what we're doing, she's game for it, mm. and uh, we've had a great time together. <clears throat> yeah, it really... Um... You know, and we've talked about all sorts of different topics. We've talked about lots of uh, topics related to assistance dogs as well on the show. And I think it's it's all really amazing work. And, and I think that the work that guide dogs do is absolutely incredible. I mean, when you're talking about all the things that she's looking out for and how much trust there is between you and her and and just the incredible job that she does. It it kind of blows my mind. She has uh, actually, I don't know whether she actually saved my life, but she's come close to it on two different occasions, Mm. which has been really kind of uh, exciting and uh, (laughs) raises the anxiety level for a second. And then, oh, good dog, Cranberry. Yeah, yeah. So so you, you worked with her for a month, and then you brought her home. Correct. And, and was it still a process after that to, you know, kind of get settled in with her in your home environment? And oh, how- yeah. Um, it takes between six months and a year to really feel like a team. Yeah. And so I waited six months before I started any additional serious training with her. Got it. Okay. So, so interesting. And um, now you are doing... Now, when you say you waited until you started doing additional training with her, what do you mean exactly by that? I enrolled Cranberry in some competition obedience classes, and uh, that's 
that was this about six months after we were put together. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been taking classes ever since. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of uh, obedience classes under our belt and progressing difficulties. So yeah, she's learned all the um, exercises she needed to know up through utility obedience. Yeah. And is that something that you had to clear through guide dogs to make sure that it wasn't going to interfere somehow with her work as an assistance dog? Well, um, I had been showing dogs prior to getting cranberry mm-hmm. and really prior to losing my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I did train my last dog prior to cranberry through utility, and I started out with reasonable vision when I started his obedience career. Mm-hmm. But by the time I was showing him in utility, I was basically showing as a blind handler at that point, too. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to do it. And um, so when I was in class, I asked my training supervisor if I could do that. And he said, well, we want you to do obedience every day with your dogs. Mm-hmm. And usually it's a routine, which is sit and down and stay and come and heal. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go beyond that. And he said that as long as it wasn't compromising her guide work, that that was fine. And actually, it's kind of enhanced it. Mm-hmm. Well, Very cool. So you've had to, as part of your um, you know, being paired with a dog through Guide Dogs with the Blind. It's There's a lot of um, sort of maintenance that you put into the working relationship to keep things, uh, like, to keep it like a well-oiled machine, so to speak. Correct. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I try to get out her out several times a week to work in our community, mm-hmm. just so she keeps the practice of stopping at curbs and mm-hmm. and avoiding potholes or cracks on the sidewalks and mm-hmm. things like that. And and she does that very well. I have had no yeah. difficulty maintaining that training. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's an interesting point to make also for people who live with pet dogs who may at one point or who are engaged in some sort of training exercise, whether it just be basic obedience or something else, is that even with the, the you know, the one of the best examples of a working dog. I mean, you've got this dog with an incredible temperament, um, incredible work ethic, you know, trainability, all that. We have a guide dog that even with that type of dog, the training still requires maintenance and that it's not something that you do and then you stop if you want it, if you want it to be there for you in the future. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, um, Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, Janine, and then when we come back, I want to talk more about specifically the different types of training that you've done with her and some of the exciting ways that you, I mean, you're actually competing with her, which is really incredible. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. For more than 25 years, All the Best Pet Care has been helping people choose the best foods, treats, and toys for their dogs and cats. They are a locally owned family business bringing about little miracles every day by following the Mother Nature model of nutrition. Stop by to meet their adoption cats, schedule an anesthesia-free dental cleaning, or bring your dog to the toy testing area. Visit their new store in Edmonds next to the PCC and their expanded Redmond store in the Whole Foods Plaza. To learn more, go to allthebestpetcare.com or follow them on Facebook. 
This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to In Clover, makers of Connectin, Optigest, and Glow, we cover the world of animals. This week, March 10th, Teresa and Lisa from BioClean join us in the studio, and we're in for a real education. We'll hear more about their amazing cleanup business, of course, but mostly we'll learn all about hoarding and specifically animal hoarding. Find out how incredibly prevalent the problem is, how to recognize the signs, and how to help. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. Notice anything different? You should. There's no other station like Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And we're back talking with Janine Prindle and her guide dog, Cranberry. Welcome back to the show, Janine. Thank you. Janine and Cranberry are going to be competing this weekend at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Very exciting event. Uh, March 9th and 10th, Saturday and Sunday, all day, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. At the end of each day, a dog will be awarded best in show. And there's uh, so there's the confirmation showing that's going on all day, both days. And there's also so much more. There's competition obedience, rally, utility. There's lots of demonstrations going on. Um, my little dachshund, Leia, and I will be, uh, again this year, participating in the nose work demonstration with Miriam Rose. And that'll be 1030 on Saturday. And uh, there's agility trials happening throughout the day, both days. And then, of course, lots of great vendor booths. Um, and so we'll have our booth there again this year and uh, can't wait to see familiar faces and meet some new people, too. So uh, that website is seattledogshow.org. Or you can also go to Seattle Kennel Club's website as well, seattlekennelclub.org, and find out more about that. Seattle Dog Show this weekend at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Can't wait. Now, Janine, if you're just tuning in, is visually impaired, and she has a, a guide dog whose name is Cranberry, and Cranberry is a seven-and-a-half-year-old yellow lab female. And so we were just starting to talk, Janine, about the other training that you started to do with Cranberry, as if the training and being involved in being a guide dog wasn't enough for you. Um, you know, you, you actually, and you had done this in the past with dogs that you had had as well. Yes, correct. So you started with competition obedience classes. Right. And then where did you move from there? Well, um, we first entered the novice level and that's the companion dog 
title that she earned, and that's the basic uh, beginning level, or maybe not so much the very beginning, but toward the beginning. There's a beginning novice title that dogs can also earn. But we just started with the novice, and uh, in that class, she heals on and off leash, does a figure eight in a heel pattern, does a stand for exam while I tell her to stand, and then a judge goes over her briefly, and uh, we do a uh, recall command where the dog comes on command, and then we do a long sit and a long down in the presence of up to 12 other dogs, mm. all sitting in a row with the handlers about 35 feet away from the dogs. Mm-hmm. That, that's the basic level. That's, and then that's after, the novice level. <laughs> right. Got it. And then we also did the uh, kind of the... Um, it's called the graduate novice level. It's kind of a level between novice and open, which is the second level. And uh, that kind of is a precursor to the open, and it very nicely moves into open. In open obedience, they do the uh, heel and figure eight, all of it's off-leash. Instead of doing a straight recall, they do a drop-on recall where you call your dog. That While the dog is coming in toward you, you give the command to, to the dog to down. Mm. And the dog has to lay there and stay until you call your dog back in. Mm-hmm. The next exercise would be the retrieve on the flat where um, the handler has a dumbbell, throws the dumbbell, and then on command from the judge, the dog goes out and gets the dumbbell and brings it back to the handler. Mm-hmm. And after that is a retrieve over the high jump. You use the same dumbbell. You throw it over a high jump and then send the dog, and the dog has to clear the high jump on the way out to the dumbbell and the way back to the handler. Mm-hmm. And, of course, picks the dumbbell up and brings it. And then uh, the last individual exercise is uh, the broad jump, where the dog um, jumps a broad jump that is twice as wide as the high jump is high. And uh, the dog is sent um, kind of across the handler's body, but about three feet away, um, over a broad jump, and then returns to the front of the handler. Uh-huh. And then there is a group exercise and open as well, where the uh, dogs do a sit-stay and a down-stay. The sit-stay for three minutes, the down-stay for five minutes. The dogs are in the presence of other dogs, and the handlers are out of sight. Oh, wow. So the, the handlers actually leave the ring. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cranberry competed in graduate open, which is um, more like a... Uh, not, uh, uh, beginning utility class before we actually completed our utility title, which we did just uh, just a little over a week ago now. You did? Yes. Wow, congratulations. So, thank you. In the utility class, the dog does a healing exercise, but instead of having verbal commands, the dog is only given hand signals. And at the end of the healing, the dog is given a, a signal to stand, and the handler leaves the dog in a standing position walks away from the dog, turns around and faces the dog, and from a distance of about 45 feet, the handler gives signals to the dog to lie down, to sit, and then to come. And the dog comes and sits in front of the handler, and then the handler goes around to heel position. Mm-hmm. Following that, it's a scent discrimination where the dog picks out an item handled by his handler, which is put in a random order um, with other uh, articles, they're called articles, mm-hmm. that the dog finds the one um, scented by the handler. Mm-hmm. There are eight articles that are out in, in basically a pile, but they're six inches apart. 
and uh, half of them are leather and half of them are metal. And they're numbered just so you can identify which one the dog has. Mm-hmm. And so the dog does that twice. He picks out one metal article and then one leather article on each time out. Oh, interesting. Following that, they do what is called the directed retrieve, where there are three gloves placed at about um, 25 feet from the dog, and um, there are a, there's a glove in each corner and one in the middle of one end of the ring. And so the judge, judge has the handler face away from the uh, gloves, and then he says the gloves are numbered one, two, or three. And then he says, send your dog to glove number, and then he'll list one of the gloves. Mm-hmm. And so then you turn to face the glove, and then send your dog to fetch it. Mm. And then there is a moving stand where um, the, the handler and the dog start together in heel, healing. And then after a few steps, the judge says, leave your dog. And so while you're in motion, you have to tell your dog to stay Mm. and continue moving yourself. Mm-hmm. So the dog has to lock up in a stay. Mm-hmm. After that, the handler or the judge goes and uh, does an examination over the dog. And it's a little more thorough of an exam co- uh, compared to the one done in novice, where the judge can put both his hands on the dog and run his hands down their legs. Mm-hmm. And then when the judge is done, he instructs the handler to call the dog to heel instead of call the dog straight front. Mm-hmm. And this, these, what you're describing, are part of utility, yes, which yes. is what you just, what Cranberry just titled in for the first time a week ago. No, she finished. Well, she finished her title. Finished her title, and she had to get three, three passing scores. Okay, and so if after you're... the after the um, the moving stand exercise is the um, directed jumping, and in the uh, ring there are two jumps: one solid jump and one bar jump. Mm-hmm. They are placed fairly close to the long sides of the ring. The handler first has to send the dog away from him or herself down to the far end of the ring. And when the dog gets um, fairly close to the other end of the ring, the handler tells the dog to sit. And so the dog turns and faces the handler and sits. And then the judge will tell you what jump you're supposed to send the dog over, the uh, bar jump or the left on the left or right, or the high jump on the left or right, depending on how the ring is set up. Mm. And so the handler sends the dog over one of the two jumps, and the dog jumps and comes into the handler. And then the process is repeated for the second jump. It's interesting to hear, as you talked about your process with Cranberry, and if you're just tuning in, Janine Prindle is talking about uh, kind of going through the description of what all is involved in a, in finishing a utility title. Um, which is that under the category of competition obedience or yeah. is it a, it is. Yeah, okay. It is. It's a comp- and, competition. and it's, um, you know, she has done this with Cranberry, who is her guide dog. Uh, Janine is visually impaired and Cranberry is Janine's guide dog. And she's just finished her utility title, which is what she was all just going through, um, with Cranberry, last week and uh now you guys will both be competing again this week at the seattle kennel club dog show as well that's true but we're going to do a different class Uh um i had cranberry entered in utility just in case we didn't pass last week yep but i have moved her up into a class called versatility and it's a combination of novice open and utility the judge selects two exercises from 
each level, novice open in utility, oh. and the dogs then have to remember back into their beginning stages of obedience to do the novice ones, Yep. and then they have to do two of the open classes and then the two utility classes. And actually, she has one leg out of the three that she needs uh-huh. in versatility. It's like throwing in some long division when you're learning calculus. Yes, yeah, like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so you guys are competing uh, this uh, this weekend, and now I understand, unless anything has changed, that you will be competing bright and early. Yes, our class is scheduled <laughs> to start at 8 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So well, we will be done promptly because there's only two that I know of, mm. handlers in that class. Mm-hmm. And do you see all types of dogs, um, you know, competing in this type of thing? Oh, oh yeah. It's the kind of class for any breed of dog or mixed breed. Mm-hmm. The AKC allows mixed breeds to participate in obedience trials and other performance events. Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, I think it's great, too. Yeah. And it's so, it's just, I mean, the pre- people who are listening who have pet dogs who maybe, you know, haven't really done too much training or maybe feel like their dog is even... Uh, unmanageable at times are probably listening to you go through all of these very specific, uh, you know, uh, events within this uh, within this work. Uh, You know, uh, are they called tasks? They're called exercises. Exercises. okay. because I know task would be for an assistance dog. So for all of these different exercises where you're going through you know, all the things that you just described. And if you're just tuning in, you can catch this entire interview on our website, dogradioshow.com, also on iTunes as a free podcast. And we will also be rebroadcast, uh, rebroadcasting this interview Sunday, every Sunday at uh, 1 p.m. as well on KKNW. So, so you're going through and people are just like probably thinking, oh, my gosh, there is no way that my dog could do that. And you know, my expertise is in training and behavior for pets. And one of the things that I find, and I've said this a lot on the show, is that people don't give dogs enough credit in general. Oh, really? That's so true. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone might think, oh, well, that dog can do it. You know, she's a, she's an assistance dog or, you know, but really, I mean, people are doing all sorts of amazing things, whether it be something related to competition obedience or nose work or agility or whatever, that all dogs really have this amazing capacity to work with us. And and by by working with your dog in whatever field you choose, just develops the bond between you and your dog. And you become so much closer and the dog just is so much more in tune to the handler. And so much more balanced and calm in their life. And happier, I believe, too. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, hold that thought, Janine. We're going to come back in just a few minutes. We'll take a quick break. We'll be talking with Janine Prindle, who will be one of the competitors this weekend at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show with her guide dog, Cranberry. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk. (laughs) 
Let's face it, your pet is anything but ordinary. So why should their pet care be any different? At Calling All Paws Pet Care, we embrace each pet as an individual and we understand that no two pets are alike, which is why we offer a wide variety of services, from pet sitting and walking to adventure outings and pet parties. Our pet care providers are certified, bonded, and insured, and always available to you and your pet. For more information, visit us on the web at callingallpawspetcare.com. That's callingallpawspetcare.com. Who is Jopra? What is Jopra? When is Jopra? Joe Janot is the host of a brand new show called Jopra. Joe has been nicknamed Jopra by his friends and colleagues who find his advice and insight to be enlightening, just like a certain other talk show host of World Without. Born and raised in Seattle, independent-minded Joe Janot is bringing issues to the airwaves that make you ponder, laugh, and deliberate. The Jopra Show is about the ins and outs of food and drink, relationships, entertainment, and so much more. Get to know Jopra every Thursday at 2, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. Camly Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. We pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area, licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com. You're listening to the refreshingly different Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We are excited, so excited. It's finally here, almost. The Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. This weekend, Saturday and Sunday, March 9th and 10th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Don't forget, it's Daylight Savings, (laughs) which is always a treat when you've spent a very long day, all day, at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, and then you're back the next morning. Losing that hour of sleep, but uh, I am so excited to have more daylight, so I can't be too upset about it. Um, CenturyLink Field Event Center, the website, seattledogshow.org. You can find out more details online. Uh, It's such a fun event, so much going on. Demonstrations, of course, the dog show itself, the confirmation. There'll be a Best in Show awarded at the end of each day. And uh, all sorts of other types of competitions going on as well. Agility, competition obedience, and lots of fun demonstrations as well. And uh, my dachshund, Leia, and I will be uh, participating in the nose work demonstration with Miriam Rose on Saturday at 1030. Uh, Again, this year, so excited. And, of course, we'll have our booth there as well. So if you need some water, 
uh, this is for humans too, not just dogs, uh, we'll be handing out water bottles with our uh, logo on them. So filled with water. Um, So come by the booth, get some water, get a a dog show car sticker too. So we're talking uh, back, if you're just tuning in with Janine Prindle, who is one of the competitors this weekend. And Janine is uh, unique because her dog that she's competing with is her guide dog. Janine is visually impaired, and uh, she's competing with her dog, Cranberry, who is her, who is her guide dog. Cranberry is a seven-and-a-half-year-old yellow lab. And uh, Janine, now you and Cranberry, we think, um, just sort of... Uh, I don't know if broke a record is really uh, accurate, but you, uh, we believe, are the first that Cranberry is the first guide dog ever to have a utility title. Yes, I believe she's the first working guide dog that okay. has never had a utility title. Yeah, and that's pretty exciting to have the first one that I, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> AKC doesn't keep track of things like that. Right. But I've checked through guide dogs for the blind, mm. and I'm the first one that has had a working guide dogs to them. I um, did check on some of the other dog guide schools to see if they had any dogs that completed utility um, titles. Uh-huh. And they they have had like career change dogs, dogs that didn't make it as a guide dog. Right. Maybe go on and, sure. and uh, get a utility title, but um, not any of the working dogs. Yeah. I have a friend in California with a seeing eye dog, which is basically the same as a guide dog, just a different school. Yep. And uh, she has a CD and a CDX on her dog, but she has working certificates. And I believe she has the first dog with a working certificate. But she, I heard from somebody, she's starting to work on a utility title. Mm. So I don't know. I may not be the only one for very long. Mm Hmm. Well, the first is pretty cool. (laughs) And I mean, just that you're doing it anyway, and really anybody that's doing this type of work, you know, competitive work, the level, you know, like you said in the last segment, Janine, the what it does for the bond, the relationship, what it does for the dogs, because dogs, you know, dogs and people have been living together for at least 30,000 years. And that relationship has been really working together until really relatively recently. And, you know, a lot of dogs now are unemployed, essentially, <laughs> and don't have anything to do. They don't have anything to think about. Yeah. Well, it is a common bond between the two, and it does mm-hmm. seem to strengthen the bond. So. Now, tell us what did it do for you and Cranberry? You know, what did you notice? Because Cranberry is your first guide dog, correct? She is. Okay. Yes, she is. So did you notice, I mean, I know you kind of started as soon as you could. Basically, you waited, you know, an appropriate amount of time to get settled in with her as your guide dog. And then when you felt that was ready, you know, that she was, you guys were kind of squared away. You went on and started going into these other uh, you know, competition obedience classes. Right, right. Did you notice, um, you know, or if you had to speculate, what sort of impact this work has done for her as your guide dog? Well, one of the things that I've noticed is that because I practice with obedience with lots of distractions, yep. her guide work goes, and there can be all kinds of distractions, and she can ignore those really well. And that's a huge bonus for me. We can walk by barking dogs, and she may take a quick little look, but it doesn't affect her pace or anything as we move by them. Um, there can be a pigeon in the road, and mm. oh, she'll just think, 
it's, this is another distraction, another setup for me. Right. And she'll go and just walk right past that without hardly right. even looking. Right. Because so. if she's looking out for, you know, cars or branches or things that might be dangerous, she can't be seeing a bird or squirrel and, oh, and go chase it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the real benefits that I've noticed with the competition obedience. Um, there are some um, drawbacks as well. I have to give an example. Uh, last weekend when I was earning my last leg of my utility title, I was standing getting ready to do the first exercise, the signal exercise in obedience. And the judge looked at me and he said, are you ready? All judges do that. And I said, ready. And then he said, no, you're not. And I looked down to see my dog had already started without me. Oh. So <laughs> she's pretty smart. She knew it was coming next right? and that she w- was anticipating that. And so yeah. the judge went ahead and let me get re- resettled so I could start again in a proper fashion. <laughs> right. She's like, I know the drill. I'll yeah. just go ahead and do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And, Funny. you know, for, for the first uh, two years of her life, she was kind of in charge of what we were doing, although I was directing her. She was the one in charge. Mm-hmm. And once she started competition obedience, then it's more I'm in charge. Yeah. Um, I, was, I, was, I was calling the shots for what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And so she had to get a, a bit used to that. Yeah. So. And also to be, you know, for you to be mindful of, you know, when, when she's working as your guide dog, that you are clear to her, you know, this is, these are my expectations for you here. Exactly. And then, yeah. but when we're, you know, I assume she knows, of course, contextually, you're in a ring, you're, you know, right, you're right. in a training facility. And or Of course, when she's a guide dog, she's wearing her harness. Right. She's wearing a different uh, leash than I use when I'm in competition obedience. Yep. And so, and, and no harness and, and just a leash and, and one collar when she's in obedience. Yeah, and that's an interesting uh, interesting thing I know for when I was doing nose work classes with my dogs um that you you know you have you have their regular leash and collar and then when they're getting ready to work you put on a harness, you take the collar off, you do use a different leash and the dogs know. I mean exactly. the you know the yeah. dogs the dogs again, dogs aren't given enough credit. You know, they they know what's going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're paying they attention. Do. And it's so cool. Um, now you had you have titled other dogs in your past. I mean, you have an extensive history of working with dogs um, in these exercises. How have uh, now? When did you become visually impaired? Well, I was diagnosed with the eye disease in 1980, uh-huh. but it was very slow progressing, and I wasn't declared legally blind until um, 2006. And uh, then I got cranberry in 2007, so I spent about a year using a cane and and learning how to really maneuver Mm -hmm. with a cane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was actually driving up until about 2005, and I probably should have stopped driving before then, but I hadn't been told I was legally blind (laughs) until 2006. So um, thank goodness there was never an accident or anything. Yeah. But it was just kind of a slow process. Yeah. Um, and how have you noticed since you had been, you know, how long has it been since you've been doing this type of competition obedience with dogs in general? Well, um, I've had dogs since I was eight years old. Yeah. And uh, I, my first real show dog was a flat-coated retriever. She was a champion utility dog. Uh-huh. And my second dog, which was her son, was also a utility dog. Uh-huh. He was championship-pointed 
but he hadn't finished a championship. Okay. And then my third dog was a champion and obedience trained through utility, but he never finished his UD. Uh-huh. He just had a CDX. Okay. And then by then I decided I was going to try something a little bit smaller. So my next dog was a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. Yes. And I had him when I started um, really telling that I was losing my vision. Uh-huh. And he had a utility title, and I was training him in agility. And I had a really bad accident because I didn't see one of the um, obstacles, Mm. and I fell over it. Mm. And um, after that, I told myself, I have to quit. I don't see well enough to do this anymore. I have to quit. Mm -hmm. A few months later, a friend asked me um, what what, what I was doing in agility with my dog, and I said, oh, we quit because I had this accident. And she said, I'll run him in the ring. Mm. And so without even practicing, she ran him in the ring and put five agility titles on him. Wow. So I was really proud of him for that. Yeah. And then after that is Cranberry. Yeah, and now you guys are just uh, taking it and running with it with all these titles. Yeah, I think once we finish our uh, versatility title, though, I think we're going to slow down and maybe just do like the Labrador Retrieval Retriever Specialty, which um, yeah. our lab club is hosting the national specialty in October. So I'm hoping to make that and cool. have her compete in that just for fun. And will that be locally? Yes. Cool. And um, how have you noticed, if at all, um, your your experience working with dogs in the in the capacity of training changed for you as you became more and more visually impaired? I mean, did have you noticed that other senses have strengthened? Oh, perhaps with my current dog, not Cranberry, but my pet dog. Yeah, um, I have a bell on him, so I can hear him when he's walking with me and healing, and I can't actually look and see them. Right. I have to kind of look where I'm going. Right. And so I've done that. Um, my training um, organization that I work with, Family Dog Training Center, um, has been wonderful. Kathy Lang, my instructor, has really gone out on a limb to help me get through everything I need to do to get Cranberry trains through utility. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friends that work with me at the training center have just been marvelous. I, I give them a lot of credit for all the help that they've given me. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, um, I know I will be there at 8 a.m. and me I too. <laughs> <laughs> And I will definitely. Now, where will you be? Do you know what ring or whereabouts oh, you'll man, be competing? Oh, man, I should have looked up what ring it was. Um, it's, uh, I don't know which ring it is, but yeah. it's kind of in one of the far corners. Okay. So kind of away from the confirmation rings and on the other side of the building from the uh, booth, the vendor booth. Yep. And there's a there's a um, an information booth that you can go to if you don't know your way around the show um, to find out. You can ask them. It's um, right near one of the entrances. And I believe purple is their color typically. And there's also just look for the purple balloons. Yeah, and they, they can direct well, you. They have it well marked with balloons. It's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And they have a booklet. And you can look online if there's certain breeds that you want to see, you know, in the ring. Um, you know, the schedule is all available for you to check also beforehand, too. So if you want to see the labs or if you want to see the, you know, uh, Cairn Terriers or, you know, whatever it might be, if you have a breed. Um, in particular that you'd like to see compete, you can check that out online. And there's also a Meet the Breeds upstairs. That's a great thing for you if you're, uh, you know, interested in learning about different breeds and meeting some 
some nice examples of those breeds. Yes, Cranberry will actually be sitting in the lab uh, meet the breed booth on Sunday. All right. So cool. her harness will be off. Yep. And so people will be um, more than willing to pet her. Yep. Well, um, uh, not quite done with you, Janine. Uh, just a couple more things I'd love to talk with you about after we come back from break. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition every Friday at noon. For local news events and silliness, tune into Concerning Washington. We are committed to providing you with the most recent and interesting stories affecting the Pacific Northwest. CW Talk Radio brings you several sides of local news stories and a pretty unique sense of humor that'll start your weekend off right. Your hosts, Tim, Lynn, and Anna, keeping you informed and entertained every Saturday at noon. This week, we're pushing our clocks forward. Wish the government could do the same thing with our budget. Saturdays at noon. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. Lewis and Clark would be proud. We're exploring new territory on the air every day, right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and we're back with Janine Prindle and her guide dog, Cranberry. Janine is visually impaired and has just got her, uh, finished her utility title with Cranberry and is the, as far as we know, the first guide dog ever to have a utility title. Welcome back, Janine. Thank you. Janine and Cranberry will be competing 
this weekend at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, March 9th and 10th, Saturday and Sunday at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Uh, you can find them online at seattledogshow.org. Uh, also, seattlekennelclub.org is their website, and uh, you can find them online at Facebook, on Facebook as well. And uh, we are on Facebook, too. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Become a fan and become a part of the conversation in between our live shows every Wednesday from 2 to 3. In our Wednesday shows, we have an encore broadcast every Sunday from 1 to 2 as well on KKNW AM 1150. And as I said, all of our shows are archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. You can also download all of our episodes. We've had over 200 on iTunes as a free audio podcast. So just go to iTunes Audio Podcasts and search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And you'll find us there. So, Janine, we've had just such a wonderful interview. Um, we've talked about your experience with Cranberry when you were first paired together, um, you know, learning how to work with her as your guide dog. And then uh, talking about your your work with her in uh, competition obedience classes and, and that whole, uh, you know, several years of training that, yeah. that you have put in. Um, and that's something for people who may be feeling overwhelmed by all of the um, exercises that Janine was outlining in the second segment, is that this this is all built, right? So... You know, you don't get to this point in a month. No, it's hours and hours and literally years. <laughs> years of work. And Cranberry is seven and a half years old, and Janine has titled many other dogs in her past as well. And and this is really, if this is really this type of work is speaking to you, you can do this with your dog. You yeah, know. any dog could do this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's open to anybody who's got the interest in mixed breeds as well, which is so awesome that AKC has opened up these performance events uh, oh, agree, to mix, yeah. mixed breeds as well. And um, before we let you go, Janine, uh, well, first of all, again, uh, you did look up that the uh, obedience and rally rings yes. are rings 21, 22, and 23. Yes. And if you want to see Janine and Cranberry, uh, they are competing <laughs> bright and early, first thing at 8 a.m., Correct. And uh, the dog show, the Seattle Kennel Club dog show, goes from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. both Saturday and Sunday. And Janine and Cranberry will be um, competing both days. Uh, before we go, Janine, just wanted to, um, you know, speaking for Cranberry as a working dog, as a guide dog, uh, to make sure to let everybody know to never interrupt a working dog out in public. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's very distracting for a working guide dog or any kind of service dog, if people come up to the dog and start talking to them and people mm -hmm. start barking at them, oh. whistling at them, making noise, here, kitty, 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 you know, all those different kinds, it's um, even distracting to be looking at the dog because, you know, if you're looking at the dog, then they want to look back at you, and that takes their yep. their um concentration off their job just momentarily yeah. and who knows what danger could happen in that moment that the dog's for yeah. not paying attention for a moment <laughs> so if if when i'm out or when you see another dog guide working uh please leave them alone and let them do their job their yeah. job yeah and if you do want to know more about the the dog ask the handler i love to talk about my dog sometimes it's not convenient but if it is convenient i'm mm -hmm. more than happy to talk yeah so you're really you're really supposed to just pretend like the dog is not there. 
Correct. That's absolutely right. Um, I can't. I've had some experience while working with uh, assistance dogs in training through Healing Allies, mm-hmm. and I have had people bark at me. Oh, isn't that frustrating? It makes me want to put my head through a wall. I'm like, who does that? Seriously? You're going to bark at me? Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind. I mean, and it's, the, it's just like people are trying to distract the dog. Yeah. And that's oh very frustrating gosh. when people try to do that. It really is. So, you know, just be considerate and respectful of the work the work that the team is doing. And um, another thing, too, is I sometimes people will say, oh, I know I'm not supposed to, but I, ha-, you know, and then they'll go and pet the dog. And it's yeah, like, OK, yeah. you just said, you know, you're not supposed to. <laughs> That's very distracting to the dog as well. Yeah. Any kind of physical contact. Yeah, absolutely. And really just pretend like the dog is not there. As hard as that is, I know it's hard to, you know, people who love dogs, and I certainly feel this way when you see a dog, especially a dog where there aren't normally dogs. It's like, oh, there's a dog. Oh, you know, yeah. you want to go say hi, but really, you know, restrain yourself and uh, and respect the work that they are doing and just yeah. don't well, interrupt thank, them. Thank you for bringing that up. That's yeah. a really important part of uh, using a guide dog. Yeah, for sure. Well, Janine, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was you. great fun. Yeah, and uh, best of luck this weekend in your efforts at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Thank you, and I'll stop by your booth sometime this weekend. Please do. Come by and get some water. I am. I know I'm probably not supposed to actually cheer you on, but I'll be internally cheering you <laughs> on because uh, I will definitely come and watch you guys work. Oh, thank you so much. All right, we'll see you this weekend. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. So, so inspiring. Oh, what's that, Eric? Looks like we've had a delivery from the Natural Pet Pantry here. So. <laughs> I just looked over, mm-hmm. and there's that uh, that white styrofoam container. Yep. Okay, let me finish my thought about Cranberry and Janine, and then we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, now, if you've missed any part of this interview, I think all of our guests are incredible. All of our interviews are so fun and so interesting for whatever topic we're talking about. This one, no exception. Uh, Janine Prindle and her guide dog, Cranberry. Uh, so Janine is visually impaired. She's legally blind. And Cranberry is her guide dog. And uh, and she is the, Cranberry is the first guide dog ever, as far as we know. And she's checked records um, to have a utility title, which is a type of competition obedience and she's also has all sorts of rally titles and she's a, a certified therapy dog, you know, as if being a guide dog wasn't cool enough. Um, Janine is just incredible with uh, what she does with her dogs and uh, Cranberry. I mean, they're, they're mutually lucky. Uh, Cranberry is a very lucky dog. Um, so cool. If you've missed any part of this interview, uh, really, really inspiring, very informative. You can find them all, all of our shows archived online dogradioshow.com is our website. If you go to the podcast page, uh, by tomorrow, this interview will be posted. It'll be, the, it'll be the one at the top of the list. So it goes from most recent all the way down to our very first show. And uh, the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is coming up this weekend, March 8th, uh, 9th and 10th, March 9th and 10th, Saturday and Sunday at CenturyLink Field Event Center, seattledogshow.org is the website. Come by our booth, say hi, introduce yourself, please, and get a bottle of water. And Eric, I look forward to hearing, uh, since you've just gotten your delivery of Natural Pet Pantry for... That's right, for Abby the Beagle. For Abby the Beagle. And I understand Abby uh, is going to start with Rabbit. 
That's right. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing the successes that uh, that you guys notice on that. We'll see you this weekend at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Come by the booth and say hi. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Oh,